How's it going, everybody? This is Brian for Pop Culture Crossing, and today we are talking about Miracle on 34th Street. So this is the 1994 remake of the 1947 original film with the same title. The film tells the story of a man who claims to be the real Santa Claus. Not surprisingly, people think that he is either playing the part of a department store Santa very convincingly and kind of a method acting type of way, and others think that he is simply a senile old man. The movie features good pacing, great developments, and strong performances, and impressive production design. So it comes as no surprise that this movie is a Christmas classic that will probably be one of your go-to movies for the season. So the story focuses on a man who assumes the position as a department store Santa after the previous, obviously, fake Santa Claus is fired. And the man here is known simply as Kris Kringle, and he claims to be the real Santa Claus. Given the fact that the department store that hired him, Cole's department store, recently was bailed out by banks and is now hoping that the holiday season is lucrative for them, you know, its primary business adversary is waiting for any opportunity to try to smear and bring down the store. Now, the woman who hired Kringle, her name is Dory Walker, and she is not an adherent of the Santa legend. And she was very disappointed as a young girl when she found out the truth, and she doesn't want her daughter to feel the same disappointment that she did. So as a result, her daughter Susan already knows the truth about Santa and, you know, has to has to live her life as a child knowing the truth here. And this clashes with Brian Bedford, who is an attorney and Dory's boyfriend, who contends that children should be able to enjoy the Santa legend throughout their childhood and shouldn't have it spoiled at a young age. Now, Susan, the daughter, befriends Kringle, uh, who is very insistent that he is the real Santa. Now, she makes a deal with him that if he can give her what she asks for Christmas, then she'll believe that he is, in fact, the bona fide Santa. Not surprisingly, this puts a lot of pressure on him as he is dealing with this new pressure and the fact of just being Santa and having to deliver all the presents and the fact that he has become the target of corporate sabotage. So the movie's pacing is very well done and is a hallmark of the movie. The film actually takes place from Thanksgiving Day to Christmas morning. So this is a very manageable time frame and it complements the movie's narrative. Miracle on 34th Street's tone appropriately shifts as the narrative progresses. As at its core, it's a very hopeful movie, and this, however, becomes challenged when Kringle becomes the target of Coles's business rival. And when viewers are presented with this dire situation, things shift, but not surprisingly, actually quite naturally. So the movie has tonal elements of conviction and believing what you want, regardless of if people believe the same thing or if they discourage you from holding those beliefs. And this is evidenced particularly in Susan and Brian and kind of their different 
perspectives from Dory and regarding the veracity of the Santa legend. The movie's performances are pretty good. Uh, Richard Attenborough and Mara Wilson are obviously the standouts of Miracle on 34th Street. Richard Attenborough gives a very persuasive performance as Santa Claus. and He effectively portrays his jovial demeanor, and this is likely going to have you believing that Attenborough is in fact the real Santa by the time the movie concludes. And from his costuming to his character absorption, Attenborough's performance really is not soon to be forgotten. And when I was growing up, I actually didn't own Jurassic Park as a kid, but I owned this movie. And this is kind of the uh, go-to that I think of when I think of Richard Attenborough's performances. Mara Wilson also delivers an incredible performance as... Susan Walker, and she effectively communicates Susan's childlike innocence on the one hand and her very mature, um, just the fact that she's a very aware character on the other, and the observations and statements and just the vocabulary that Susan has really reflects that she isn't a typical kid and that she's wise well beyond her years, and despite what adults would like to think she actually knows more than they think she should (laughs) or more than they would want her to know so that creates an interesting dynamic but her character is very charming and a lot of fun to watch and you know viewers are definitely going to remember her charm elizabeth perkins and dylan mcdermott portray dory walker and brian bedford respectively Uh, Perkins' character has a pretty nice character arc, I would say, throughout the film. At the beginning, she's pretty repulsive in just how staunch she is that Santa is not real and that she pushes that on her young daughter. But as the movie uh, progresses, she does kind of warm to the fact that Santa could potentially be real, and this is most likely a result of... Susan's friendship with Kringle and Dory's interaction with Kringle at Cole's. And she actually agrees that if Kringle does grant uh, Susan's Christmas wishes, then she'll believe that Santa really exists. Now, McDermott does a good job with depicting Brian's situation. On the one hand, he's trying to love Uh, and accept Susan as his own daughter. And then on the other, he's struggling with communicating and connecting with Dory, who has established a lot of emotional walls. And so this complicates the matter and, you know, creates interesting situations for the characters. McDermott scenes as Kringle's lawyer, once he becomes the target of the corporate sabotage, are also very compelling and effective. So in general, I would say Miracle on 34th Street's cinematography is very good, from the medium to establishing and aerial shots. Those are all very well done and help set the scene and capture uh, the dialogue sequences and the interactions of the characters. However, there is one egregious element that I really did not like, and it was something that's used throughout the film 
and this is in terms of lighting the overuse of the halo effect and top lighting so throughout the film the main characters look like they have a halo beaming down on their heads even if they're inside even if the lighting's you know kind of low or weak or whatever different or if they're outside they're outside at night whatever it's just boom halo effect and it's like okay this would be you know acceptable on the one hand if this was used to a good effect and if it was maybe used at one or two points throughout the film but it's a constant thing and it's most noticeable for perkins wilson and mcdermott and like i said it's just a constant thing that actually is really quite distracting as a viewer and it's like okay guys this is miracle on 34th street not touched by an angel we don't need this to constantly distract us <laughs> so i wish that the director lay mayfield and cinematographer julio mccat would have opted against the use of this lighting technique as it really does take you out of the movie and that definitely though it's not a big like performance or story element or pacing element it definitely is a technical element that acts as a con for the movie as a whole so the film in terms of prose here it has excellent production design from the design of cole's department store it just really captures the essence of a traditional department or toy store in a big city and they really get that right. And to Kringle's cane, his tweed clothing, and his hat, and his accessories, to his Santa suit. And his Santa suit, I must say, is probably the best realized Santa suit that I have seen in movies. Really the only uh, contender that I can think that would challenge it might be Tim Allen's suit in The Santa Claus, which consequently also came out in 1994. But really... That Santa suit here is just beautiful and, you know, it really, really contributes to the holiday flair of the film's, you know, overall feel and tone. So Miracle on 34th Street's music is also used to great effect. The holiday songs are bound to put viewers in the holiday spirit, but the more serious and somber orchestral pieces really set the ambiance, um, when and after Kringle has become the target of Coles's rival. So aside from the lighting choices, I must say that Lay Mayfield does do a good job overall in his direction of the movie. He is able to extract very strong performances from his actors. You know, really uh, all of the actors, but as I said before, Attenborough and Wilson are probably the strongest. And he is just, in the end, able to create a movie that is really a holiday classic. And the way that he uses the film's tonal elements really helps sharpen the emotional investment that viewers will put into their screening of the movie. And this will also help propel the film's pacing. Now, in the end, Miracle on 34th Street is a holiday movie that should not be missed. Despite its comical and disruptive use of the halo effect in top lighting, it is a very good movie, has a good story, great performances, and 
you know, a good good pacing and strong production design. So overall, it's one that you definitely want to watch. If you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend that you check it out. If you have seen it, then it's probably about time that you watch it again. And it's just in time for this Christmas season. So comment below if you have seen the movie before, if this is your first time viewing it after watching this review, or if you've recently seen it and come to this review. I'm curious to hear your thoughts of the movie. Where does it kind of rank in your overall, well, let's say the top five Christmas movies of yours? And what did you think of uh, Chris Kringle's Santa suit here? Did you think that it was really impressive? Or have you seen better Santa suits in movies? I'm curious to hear your picks there. Don't miss our written review, which has a little bit more detail, over on popculturecrossing.com. And I appreciate it if you would like, subscribe, and share, and do all that social media nonsense. But more importantly, if you would share and subscribe, that would really help us out. And I look forward to talking to you next time for the next review and interacting with you on the social channels in the meantime. Thanks for watching. See you later. Bye.